Welcome to Naturopathy Today. Your hosts are Dr. Michael Schwartz and Steve Langford. Join them as they guide you on a journey to good health through holistic naturopathy. Now here are Michael and Steve. Hi, and welcome to another informative session of Naturopathy Today. I'm your co-host, Michael, and I've got my good bud, Steve Langford, with me. Good morning, Steve. How's it going today? Good morning, Michael. It's going well. Any day I can show up with you is a good day. So I got no complaints, and I'm ready to get into some stimulating conversation. All right. Well, you know, last week we talked about sinuses and I threw out also about it being a candida infection and how it could also, you know, uh, thrush was involved and ear infections were involved, but we didn't tell people what to do about them. So for ear infections, one of the things that I learned in Mexico and I adapted it and made it my own differently. But one of the things they do in Mexico is really interesting. They'll take a clove of garlic, they'll peel it, they'll take a needle with thread and put it through the garlic. And so the thread is hanging, the garlic clove is hanging on thread. They'll rub it between their hands to heat it up and they'll stick clove of garlic because <laughs> ears don't have cloves, but uh, stick the whole clove into the ear and that gets rid of the infection. So what I surmise by that is that because garlic is such an irritant, that the body is drawing blood, drawing the immune system, antibodies to what is this irritant? We got to clean it up. And in doing so, it gets rid of the ear infection. Well, you know, one of the old remedies that I remember from the times when I ran a health food store was garlic and golden seal tinctures or drops that were specifically to put in the ear for dealing with ear infections. So it's interesting. Our last show, we talked about golden seal and this one, the garlic. So have you found that something like a tincture or an extract is also effective? Um, it seemed to be when I was selling it. I don't know if you remember that I did a garlic golden seal oil called G and G. Okay. Maybe that was, that's where I first heard it. Well, there it is. That was my first, I used to, you know, I would get uh, golden seal and garlic and make oils out of them by cooking the herbs in oil and then putting it together. So that was my approach to doing it. And what I discovered is so folks at home, what you can do is take a clove of garlic, mash it up and get some olive oil because olive oil does not support bacterial life. Isn't that interesting? Also, olive oil has a constituent that kills cancer cells. Most people. Well, don't. I know it's it's. I know olives have got things that are wonderful for immune support, and it's become a a, a product in and of itself. Is is olive extracts, olive leaf extracts. Yeah, know. absolutely. So it's fabulous. So dilute the garlic so it doesn't burn too much. You know, maybe four ounces of oil, and just mix it all together. Strain it and then put a couple of drops in the ear. What my experience was, was that within six to eight drops of the old G&G, &G, a baby would stop crying. So I think if you make something stronger at home, maybe one drop might be enough to get the baby to stop crying and begin to start killing the bacteria. So, and, and maybe, maybe, maybe six ounces of oil. So it's more diluted and not so concentrated. You could do the same thing with that on a teaspoon and let the child drink it. And you may have to throw some honey in to make it palatable. But again, the oil and honey being so slow will coat the tongue, coat the throat, and kill the bacteria. 
So there's some methods and techniques for thrush and ear infections. Well, now thrush is, is interesting. I don't know much about thrush. I seem to remember that it affected um, kids. Is this something that also affects adults? To a degree, with adults, it's part of the, can well, even for children, it's part of the candida thing. To me, you know, I, a, a white tongue would be an indication that candida is active. Uh, vaginal discharge, toenail fungus, that's also candida. Ear infections, sinus infections, also candida. I was going to say cracks at the side of the mouth, but that's really more a B2 issue. So all of these things are candida. And the herbs that we mentioned earlier, the golden seal, the polyarco, echinacea, black walnut, all of those will end up killing the, the candida pretty much on contact. With toe fungus, one of the here's an off the wall one for toe fungus. If you have athlete's foot, which is a candida infection, or fungus, you know, uh, under the toenails, stick your feet in organic corn mush. You can, <laughs> right? You can go to the the garden store and get, you know, a bag of organic uh, cornmeal because it's good for killing grubs in the grass. It's also good if you make a, a mush out of it and soak your feet in it, it will kill the fungus and clean up the toenails. Oh, no I never heard that. So it's another interesting arsenal I could put in my medicine chest. One of the things I'm wondering is if people are dealing with these things chronically, repeated ear infections, my wife suffered with repeat ear infections, you know, as a child. And so these people who deal with these things chronically, is that a good sign that they actually need to bolster immune function and maybe even watch the foods that they might be sensitive to? Are those factors for people who deal with these things chronically? Yes. And stop listening to the person who is making your ears hurt. I wish. <laughs> you know, and I'm serious about that because that, yeah. to me, when I hear ear infections, eventually that person will go deaf. Okay. Really? Because they don't want to hear it anymore. They just don't want to hear it because somebody is always ragging on them, nagging them about this, telling them they're wrong about that. They're guilty. They're this, they're that, they're the other. You know, you can only take so much beating before, you know, you figure out a way to avoid it. And one of the ways is to go deaf. Yes. Is this where sometimes they talk about disease starting in the mind? And, you know, I used to wonder about that. And of course, people go, what do you mean it's all in my mind or all in my head? But is this an example of how the body might respond with something that it is a, doesn't want or finds unpleasant that it may actually find ways to block that that we're not even aware of? I'd never heard of what you just described, but is, is that an example of our, our mind taking steps that we not um, are consciously aware of to uh, as, as an answer. It might not be the best answer because we haven't really dealt with the problem. And so the body deals with it for us. Absolutely. Any physical manifestation, any, is your mind's way of drawing your attention to the situation so that hopefully you will question what is going on. What is it I don't want to hear? Why is it I'm going through a doubt and faith in myself? I have plenty of faith in God. In fact, I've asked God to help me with this, that, and the other. Okay, so maybe the help didn't come because maybe I don't deserve it. Therein lies the trap of man-made religion. 
because God said, I've given you dominion over everything. You have the wherewithal to master your life. You have dominion over everything. So your mind is always talking to you. The goal is one of the things that Jesus said in Matthew, and that is make for the straight gate, the narrow path that leads to life, and few are they who find it. Well, Christians all think that, well, you know, I believe in Jesus, therefore I found it. But what Jesus is really talking about is tied into another teaching. He said, look, if they tell you that God lives in heaven, then the birds are going to precede you. If he says it's, you know, the kingdom is in the sea, the fish will precede you. The kingdom is within you as well as without. So the ultimate goal is to go within the self, find the kingdom, and allow your spiritual self to manifest, not your religious self, that's man-made teachings, but allow your true spiritual self to manifest in everything you do. So your mind is constantly talking to you, constantly giving you guidance. That's why it's essential to have the eyes to see, the ears to hear. Because you've not been taught by your religious leaders and even your philosophical leaders, because they themselves may not understand the depth of the teachings that Jesus presented to the world. And because they, well, I don't want to be a part of religion. I, you know, no, I'm not a Christian. I'm not this, I'm not that, but they don't. So they don't think they really don't question because if you take into consideration, Steve, everything is made out of atoms, everything, including us, every atom has a positive or a negative charge. So atoms grouping together to create a molecule, molecules grouping together to create a, manif a physical manifestation of something, that something still has a vibratory energy as well as an electromagnetic energy. We also know through science that the mind is an electromagnetic generator. That's why they can do the encephalographs and chart the brainwave activity. Well, those are electromagnetic waves. So... From another point of view, you are constantly, and this is the teaching, ask and you shall receive, okay? What people, you know, they well, dear God, please send me the rent check. Oh, damn, the check didn't show up. However, if, and the beauty of prayer is it's like programming. You're asking your mind, you're asking the God within, the I am handling the situation, building my health, overcoming my fears. I am overcoming my doubts. All of that strengthens the mind, which in turn nurtures and strengthens the body. Does that answer your question in short, concise terms? <laughs> well, you know, of course, and it also gives me, you know, more questions to ask. Um, you know, it, I could go on with this, but let me just uh, focus on a couple of things. Sometimes we deal with you know, infants and children who obviously don't have the maturity or the wisdom to think about these higher thoughts about how they think. And so we as parents have to think for them. And I think that sometimes we look to these solutions for children or otherwise outside ourselves. We look to the doctors to give us a drug Absolutely. and we don't think about what we as parents might need to be doing. And so when we talk about like children, um, and especially, you know, young infants and toddlers who might have ear infections or so on, we need to look at perhaps 
the physical plane uh, for them, maybe they're allergic to things like dairy or other things which contribute to these infections. Maybe they don't have a good immune system because they haven't been fed right. Maybe they don't have mm -hmm. adequate probiotics to help the, the, the infant uh, function properly. And there's a whole host of nutrients that we know can be deficient in these infants. Uh, the yep. omega-3 fatty acids is one that I know of. And we also know that these infants are being born already exposed to hundreds of chemicals that are yep. in their systems, yep. um, even at the time they're born. And if the parent hasn't been well nourished during pregnancy, and maybe this is where the parent's nourishment, the thoughts of the spirit start to play in towards the infant. But is this something that, you know, we need to start looking within, even at this, these young ages of giving the body, the child, the nutrients that it needs for that body to function. And if we haven't even gotten to that point, then the idea of, you know, prayer and asking for help, well, maybe the answer is there, but if we're not open to it and not willing to receive it, the answer doesn't really help that person. And maybe, you know, what you're talking about is sometimes we're asking, but we're not really ready to receive the answer. And so what we're talking about here is I think this answer may be in front of you, but if you don't see it, if you aren't proactive, if you aren't doing what the answer says you should do, you can't possibly get the results. Well, you know, you bring up a really good point because some people may not be able to see and hear or feel the answer. You know, it's not that they don't want to. It's just that it's outside. And I think you said this differently, but it's outside their realm of acceptability. I believe that one, you know, people need to be healthier. And the things that we're talking about now, Steve, I think in another decade or so, uh, will not only be common knowledge, but even the, I mean, I would like to see the naturopaths, and I think they'll be the first ones to jump on this information and work with it. But I think down the road, allopathic medicine will also get there. I think that people, once they become pregnant, they need to change their diet. They need to stop thinking and reacting emotionally, you know, because our foods were attached to the foods emotionally spend the extra money, buy organic, buy clean foods, and begin because you're building a body. Try to make it the healthiest you can. That's part one. Because some people will come up, well, you know, babies are born with cancer. What, you know, how did that baby, you know, how can the baby cure that or so on and so forth. And the reality is from another point of view, the reason a child may be born with cancer is because the building material was corrupted to begin with. That's why it's incumbent upon the mother and the father to both clean up their diets and create a living example, because that's how we teach. Everything else is just conversation, but we teach by example. So it doesn't matter what you say, what matters is what you do. Another aspect, go ahead. I was just gonna say, and I gotta think that it's even before a woman gets pregnant or you know that the man and the woman can do things nutritionally, mentally, emotionally to prepare for this okay. and improve their chances of conception and improve their odds of a healthy uh, birth and all of those things could start really even before the pregnancy even takes place. Oh, absolutely. Because you know, the teaching, a universal teaching is what is within will manifest without. So if you have a corrupted body and you get pregnant and you're continuing to eat the great American diet, well, yeah, you're going to have a sickly child. There's going to be something wrong because on some levels you're going to be nutritionally deficient. 
you know, they've, they've come to find that folic acid for spina bifida, they found that zinc deficiency creates Down syndrome. Uh, you know, there's so many different things that we already know. And another aspect that I wanted to bring into this is that every child, every soul that enters into the material plane has something to work out. We're all striving to get back in harmony with God, to return to the kingdom, to the peace and tranquility of the spiritual plane. Now, a lot of people don't believe in reincarnation, but I do believe that it's in the Bible, both in the Old Testament and in some other biblical writings, where reincarnation was an accepted concept. Although, but in order to control man, you can't have that. We want him to live the best life now out of fear that if he doesn't, he's going to go to hell and or not get into heaven. So he'll end up in purgatory. But the reality is every soul that comes back into life has an agenda even before it entered into the fetus. That's why there's no physical feeling of life in the womb until three months. And then the baby starts kicking and moving because that's when the soul is entering into the baby, into that fetus and beginning to, okay, how do I do this, that, and the other? That child will have chosen the parents it chose because those people will present the greatest opportunity to master the things that the child needs to work out in this life cycle. Now, it may not appear that way <laughs> based on the parent-child relationship. However, nonetheless, that is how it goes. So, Well, it's understanding that it gives us a perspective on our lives and a perspective on the life of our child that really puts quite a different spin on it. And certainly if we're thinking of uh, as parents, you know, what do we need to do in our lives to move us in the direction that we need to move in and therefore facilitate moving forward with the life that we're creating? I think that's a, really a strong, powerful concept. I know not everybody's going to agree with that, um, but still, you know, it doesn't, whatever you conceive it to be, that the truths of health that we're prescribing here, the nutrition, the right mind, the right spirit, these are things that I think, regardless of how you conceive of them, they are universal and need yep. to be attended to. However you want to picture God or spirit or life, it is what it is. Our thinking about it just controls or influences how we respond to it. Um, but we're not changing the nature of God by thinking one way or the other, but we certainly can appropriate all of these things that you're describing uh, through the, the nutrition and the physical life, as well as the mental and the spirit. That's something that no matter what faith you might have or how you conceive of the universal life, they are all still applicable. So focus on that, which is important, which is in your control, which makes sense to you, and you can still move forward. I don't want people to think, oh, I don't believe in reincarnation, therefore this is all something I can't appropriate. Actually, we can appropriate it. It's yep. the principles involved, and I think that's what we're trying to convey is these principles of healthy living that are embodied in naturopathy that people no matter where they are or their station in life or even maybe their spiritual beliefs are able to appropriate. Is that a fair assessment from your understanding? Yes. 
That's a big question for just having a few minutes left, Michael. So yeah. I apologize if it's if it's one of those. <laughs> yeah, no, you know, you don't have to believe in anything, so to speak. Certainly not in reincarnation. What you do need to believe in, though, is yourself, that your body truly is the temple of God, so to speak. Of course, if you're agnostic or atheist, you may not even believe that. And that's okay, too. You know, the beauty of life is, is that whatever belief system you have, it's yours. You created it. It's built on your concepts. It's not wrong. Doesn't necessarily mean that it's right. It's just your belief system. And the teaching <laughs> was take the mote out of your own eye before you see the speck in your brother's eye. And what Jesus is saying there is clean up your perception, okay? Well, the glasses you're looking through, those rose-colored glasses, are really your belief system, and that's what you're making your judgments on. Gain more knowledge. Truly seek to understand yourself. The more you understand you, the more you understand what your actions and reactions are based on, what your emotional response are based on, what your patterns of behavior are what your concepts are, and those are what you use to build your belief system, what you've used to build your patterns of behavior. Get to know you. And I think it's in John where Jesus says something to the effect, know yourself and the truth will set you free, free to be the spiritual being you truly already are. And Steve, I've run out of what to say. Actually, I've we've run out of time. I've got more to say. But, uh, I don't want to. I know you. there's more to say, Michael. And you know these conversations are expansive, and you know they're meant to be the kind of thing that we can explore as they come about. You know, we're not here to just set this this pattern of this is what you need to know, but we're exploring these concepts between the two of us as well. And so I hope our listeners are able to appropriate that and find that which is important and works for them in the moment. I always feel we're going to be five years older in five years. What are we going to have done in those five years to make a difference? This is where we get to choose how we eat, how we act, how we live, how we think, and how we approach a spiritual life. So, you know, these are important concepts that hopefully we're stimulating people's thoughts and actions to go forward. I know I don't think I'm the last word on all of this. I know you don't either, but certainly we both have a lot of life experience that is born out of our own personal explorations and our interest in helping others. And we have done that. And so we can have confidence that these things we're talking about can be beneficial if people appropriate them, understand them, or at least explore them. That's our hope. And I love exploring these topics with you, Michael. Well, you know, believe it or not, Steve, they're all part of naturopathy from this point right. of view. What the, how do you, you know, naturopathy from my perspective simply means to follow the path of nature. And that's what we're doing. You know, it's father, God, mother, nature. There are parents. This is, you know, we're on that path. The more that you can harmonize your material and spiritual understandings, the better off you'll be. And that's the kind of information that we are striving to present to people. So there it is. I'm done. Have a fabulous everything. And uh, we'll talk. I'm looking forward to it, Michael. Thank you, folks, for listening. Share our podcast with your friends if you think this is something they'll value. There's a lot of ways to let them know that we exist, and we appreciate every like and recommendation. So thank you, folks, for listening, and join us next week. I'll be here. So will I. All right, Michael. Thank you so much. Thank you, Steve. 
Thank you for listening to Naturopathy Today, sponsored by MNP, Michael's Naturopathic Programs at michaelshealth.com. Join us every Monday for the latest episode in this journey to excellent health on all levels.